Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible? All right. 2 Peter 3, verse 3 says this. His divine power has given us everything we need. Would you say everything we need? Everything we need. I didn't even look it up in the Greek, but I'm pretty sure everything means everything. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Aren't we thankful that God has provided everything we need? Everything we need. Let's pray. Father, thank You. You're a good dad. You're a good father. We thank you, Lord, that you provide everything we need. Lord, this morning, we just come before you and we open up our hearts and we say, Lord, speak. Speak to every heart. Our hearts are open to receive your word. Let it come with authority, with power, and let it create that kind of transformation that brings joy to your heart. We love you and we honor you. Lord, let what I share today, God, please you and let it come with your authority and your empowerment. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, last week as Brenda was sharing the word about running to the Father, um, I was just struck in the middle of her message with this thought by the Holy Spirit about the truth that God is our source of all things. Of course, that theme, run to the Father, that He is the source of all all things. And a lot of times when I'm struck like that, and the way I was struck, I'm kind of like, you may actually want me to preach on this or share on this. And when I can't shake it, I know, yep, sure enough, that's, that's what I'm supposed to share uh, for that giving week or whether it's a new series, what have you. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a broad generalization that he provides everything that we need. But the truth is he, the Lord, he is our provision and he is our provider. Did you catch that? He is the provision, and he is the provider for everything in every area we need. There is this secular um, conceptual model that describes the needs of humanity that's been pretty common. And if you've taken, if you like, gone and, and taken like a junior college class on like psychology or sociology, they they'll mention Maslow's hierarchical need uh, of a human being, right? And it begins with like the most basic needs and builds up to the needs, need to be loved and respected and to have purpose. I'm kind of paraphrasing. What's fascinating to me is when in science we discover things that God is like, it's, it's, he knows. He's like, yeah, you're getting it. You're getting it. It's like, come on, you know, kind of thing. And we're like, well, we have this theory. And it's, it really is good and it's really smart. But so many times we're discovering, if, if we're discovering anything that's true, we're discovering something that he knows is already true. Amen. And I love that God roots us on in that. And today, I'm not going to take you through a journey of Maslow's um, laws of conceptual model. Uh, I'm actually going to take you through a journey through Scripture. Um, I point it out because sometimes there are things in the world that it's like, oh, you know what? They're on to something. We use different words, and we would apply it differently. But there's a truth that they're trying to get to. Um, today, in this journey of Scripture, I want to, I want to show you that in Scripture, that God is absolutely portraying Himself as our source for all thing and things, and our provider in every sense, every sense, and that 
ultimately, He is who we need. Now, I have to admit that as I was beginning and working on this message, because it starts with the most basic of human needs, and the first one I'm going to lead off with in a moment is safety. I have to admit that when I was thinking about that, I could not help but think about our Afghan uh, families that we've been praying for who are in Afghanistan right now as believers that are at high risk because of the tribe they're part of and need to come out of the country. Um, And thinking about what safety means to them versus what safety right now means to you and I. Because we're sitting here in this building or in our home right now or in our car listening to this in a very, very safe place comparatively. And um, the prayer for basic safety, even when we read it in Scripture, what it means to you in your, the application of where you are in your life versus what it means to a family who's hiding in Kabul right now is just totally different. And I think it's important for us to remember that when we look at that, yes, we want to pray for safety, we need safety, God provides for our safety, but we've got to remember where we are in the chart of safety and be so thankful for how safe we are. Amen. It says this in Psalm 61, verse 1. Hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. For a moment, just put yourself in the shoes of that mom or that dad with those kids hiding for safety right now. It says, Hear, O God, my prayer, and listen to my, hear, listen to my prayer. For from the ends of the earth I call to you, as I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the flow, the, the foe, excuse me. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. I love that imagery that he is our refuge, that he is our strong tower, and that we can find safety in the shelter of of his wings. And in here, they're even um, giving a nod or, 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 or looking towards even the presence of God. I long to dwell in your tent forever. David had this tabernacle or this tent where he worshiped and spent time in the presence of God. And David had physical safety needs uh, in Scripture when he would write these Scriptures. But also there, were t- there was this desire and hunger for the presence of God. And I just want to take a moment, even while we're going through this word and talking about provision, and let's pray for our Afghan brothers and sisters who need safety right now. Shall we pray that way? God, we honor the safety and respect the fact that right now we feel quite safe. But God, we just link our hearts with those right now who, Father, are praying for safety on a day-to-day basis. And Father, while we know that there will be those who are martyrs, who are giving their life to you in the, um, around the world. They're giving it up for you. Lord, right now, we pray safety and protection over families. God, give them wisdom when to turn right and when to turn left. May 
the peace and the voice of the Holy Spirit be louder than their own anxiety and fears, Lord Jesus. Guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, watch over them. Lord, be their refuge and be their safe place. Be the shelter of your wings, Lord, that they need you to be. And guide and lead these families, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your protection and your peace. And we pray with them and stand stand with them. And Lord, we pray that many, many, many people will be able to safely leave to have a new life. And Lord, we just thank you for that door opening and closing. And we believe for many, you will open that door for them to go. And we ask you to do that safely. And Lord, we ask you to bless them and add no sorrow to it. We pray for whole families, whole groups, safely going through, pouring through borders. And we thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with me for that way. I feel like this, these things that have been going on in our relationships with missionaries and connections there, I feel like it's grown us in our own perspective as a church family. Um, and there's a right way to carry that where it's not a burden that breaks you, that, that, that pulls you down, but it is a burden that we can take to the Lord and believe and trust and stand with. Amen? Amen. You know, basic uh, provision is something that God provides for us as well, right? Food, shelter, clothing. Um, for the modern Westerner, we would consider our job as our provision, right? Uh, and our provision includes things like transportation and education and entertainment. You know, we think of provision and we're thinking Hulu and Netflix and things like that. And again, that's a place where we get perspective, right? Um, but we are blessed and it's very, it, it, we have so much to be thankful for. But at the end of the day, regardless of what you consider a need or a want and all of that, the question is, who is your source? And you know, there's a high bar here for us because it's, quote unquote, easy for us to make ourselves and our own gifting and ability our own source. Am I right? We can trust in the paycheck. We can trust in our ability. And the reality is, God created you to do work, and he created you to go and earn and to produce something, and all of that is good, yet you can't be self-reliant in the sense that I am the source of my own provision. And I promise you, if you feel like you are the source of your own provision, you are living in an anxiety that you do not need to live in. So you can go and you can produce and you can trust the Lord for your provision, and he will take care of you. This is what it says in Scripture about your day-to-day provision needs. In Matthew 6, verse 20, it says, excuse me, Matthew 6, verse 28, it says, and why do you worry about clothes? And I'd like it for a moment, even as we're reading this, like drop in some things that maybe you would worry about financially, because you might go, well, I don't really worry about clothes. Okay, maybe you don't worry about clothes, but maybe there is a financial thing or provision thing that you're worried about. You hear, hear what I'm saying? Like You want to make this applicable to you. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry. So do not worry. So do not worry. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So do not worry. What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or fill in the blank, right? For pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Your heavenly Father knows. 
He knows that you need them. And this is, this is the pivot. Don't miss this, all right? But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. You see, the worry about provision and the focus about provision can become an idol to the point where we're, all, we're working to live, Right? Or we're living to work, if you will. We live just to make sure we're trying to provide for ourselves. And what God is saying is, hey, 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 seek after my kingdom. Seek after the Lord, right? Seek after him, and all these things will be taken care of. Because needs can become an idol, and needs can become the thing. And can I say on the flip side, not needing can create a great apathy in our lives. The, the fact that we have such a good provision, we're like, you know what, I don't really don't have to worry about how my bills are going to be paid and those kind of things. It, it, the answer is the same, whether you're well provided for or whether you have a lot of need. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek him and seek what's valuable to him. And the theme is, do not worry. I'll never forget years ago when I was working in the corporate world at Capital One, I was sitting down. Um, with a middle management person, and uh, we were having some kind of discussion. They were talking about their kids, and they were talking about providing for their kids, and they said, well, you know, we've got, and I think they had two kids at the time, and they were quite young. I think the oldest was like maybe six, right? So, well, we've got enough staved up for the first one's college, and now we're working on the second one. I could hear all this fear and this anxiety, and I was like, what color is the sky in your world? Like, like you're, you're worried about your next one down college and you've got the first ones and you're worried about it right now and you're sitting in this job and we're having this conversation i thought fear is ruling over you now that's an extreme example but it, it can say we can have fears about our provision and the reality is god wants to be our provider he wants us to see him as our provider and worry is the opposite of faith and when we worry, we put our attention, we put our worship on the need rather than the provider. And God wants to be that provider for you. He wants to be that source and for us to be able to rest in him. Now, don't get me wrong. He may ask you to go do some things, some practical things, right? God calls us to work and to produce and those kind of things. That's a very natural part of, of how the world works and how God created the world to work. He created us as stewards, right? But worry is not what he has called us for, too. It's one of those things, when I'm worrying, I know I'm doing it wrong. Does that make sense? Like something is wrong. And we go, well, the need is real. Yes, but the worry is not what I'm called to. God is who I'm called to. Amen? Everyone also needs, beyond that safety, beyond that day-to-day provision, everyone needs to feel loved. Everyone. Everyone needs to feel like they belong. You know, one of the things with, you know, Rebecca um, leaving the family location right now is it's the belonging part, right? Like, she belongs to us and we belong to her like, like you're stuck with us, like we're family, right, kind of thing. And, it, it, and we go through those transitions in our normal family. But praise God we have that sense rather than, oh, Rebecca's gone. Like if that was, if that was the feeling, there is something very wrong. But the fact that it matters, 
is actually a great credit to all of us that it really, really is significant. But everyone needs to feel loved. Now, here's the thing. I have closed the conversation on Rebecca, so don't make any reflections. Some people are harder to love than others. Don't connect those two because that is not the truth. Some of you all are like, you think you're doing higher level math. No, I'm a simple person. I'm simple. I've moved on. But everyone deserves to be loved. And I love it in Scripture where it says, unto the least of these. I feel like that is like the measure right there. So have you done to me is how it goes, right? And I just want to encourage you and challenge you that whoever you have the hardest time loving, if you will work on loving that person sincerely, I used that word again, didn't I? I got it from Scripture. We used that a few weeks ago. If you will love them sincerely, man, focus on that, and that will improve the quality of what's in here more than anything uh, as far as your ability to love others. Here's what Scripture says about God's love for you, because you need love. You need love from God, and you need love from others. What's great is God's love for you is, is fixed. I don't mean fixed like dead or cold. I mean fixed like it's settled. In Jeremiah 31, verse 3, it says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I just love that scripture. I have loved you. He, whether you know it or not, if, whether, whether this is news to you or not, he already has loved you. And what is his brand of love? It's an everlasting love. It's a love that lasts forever. It is fixed, but it is fixed at the highest standard, at the highest level. I love how Romans 8 verse 15, digs into what that love looks like in a real practical way. It says the Spirit, it's talking about the Holy Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live again in fear. Rather, the Spirit you receive through, uh, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Y'all, if you have received Jesus in your life, if you have cried out to him and said, God, forgive me of my sins and I want to put my life in your hands. If you are a believer and you have come to that place where you say, I, I, I need you, God, and you're born again, you have been given the Holy Spirit and you are part of God's family. Whether other parts of his family like it or not, you are part of his family. He's the one who decides who's in his family, not us. Amen? And everyone who receives him is part of the family. And he, when you are part of the family, he puts him, his very spirit, the Holy Spirit, inside of you so that you can have that knowing and that sense of trust and that sense of security, knowing that you are part of God's family. There's, there's nothing, there's no, there's no greater sense of intimacy and belonging than that word family and what it is intended to mean scripturally. And that God would make us part of his family. Loved you with an everlasting love. It gives you his spirit to make you part of his family. I do find it's interesting in here that it says that we share in his sufferings and we share in his glory. When I look at that, 
in Scripture, because sometimes we go, well, what does that mean? See, I feel like there is a suffering that comes that is part of being a believer and knowing Jesus because we are on a side. We are on the side of God and His kingdom and His goodness. And there is persecution and there are, is, there are things that happen that are against the kingdom of God. Now, when it comes to things like, you know, um, things like our health and things like our provision and God taking care of us and all of that, I don't look at that as the kind of suffering He's called us to in the sense that He's provided. Not that we don't have needs and that kind of thing. But the idea is that the suffering has to do with the fact that we are part of his kingdom and the suffering has to do with our identification with Christ. I always love it when I get a call on a Sunday morning. thinking, who calls me and doesn't know what I'm doing right now? I bet it's somebody who wants to offer me an extended warranty <laughs> on my car. I bet. Hold on, I, I might know, just kidding. <laughs> I'll never forget, years ago, my dad, bless, bless his heart, my dad called me on a Sunday morning while I was preaching. And I just remember having that whole conversation while I was near having the conversation. I was like, of all people, my dad is calling me on a Sunday morning. Anyhow, and it wasn't important. Um, <laughs> however, if anyone has, you know, the authority to just like interrupt your Sunday morning, my dad's got it. I did not pick up the phone. The other thing I, the other thing I want to remind you about this whole loving and belonging is, is that that loving and belonging and that sense that we all need, that we first get from God, that we first get with God, from God. Can I hear an amen? We first get from God. Is that there is a call that we have to love one another sincerely. And that's the horizontal. People need to receive love from heaven because it is the best and the purest, the best brand of love you can ever receive. And we need to love one another, recognizing that we will let each other down, but let's try not to, right? That we are imperfect, but we need to remember that each other, is we are not perfect, right? We are being perfected. But there is a call that we have, and if we really have received the love of God, it's natural to love one another. And it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. If you're wondering who your neighbor is, just the answer is yes. <laughs> and you get it. Another day we'll talk about the, the good Samaritan. You're like, well, well who, who is my neighbor? I want to call it. Yes, the answer is just yes, it's all of them, everyone. They are your neighbor. And I just want to say, you know, love others well, and others, you'll find it easier to receive the love that others have for you. Amen? But when you love others well, don't love them with, the ex with expectation. Love them freely, Okay? And you'll very easily be able to receive the love that other people show you. Um, another one of the things in, that I want to talk about, we've talked about provision, excuse me, safety. We've talked about provision. We've talked about this love and belonging. There's a, there's a phrase in that secular system that I talked about um, where Mas, that Maslow talks about that we're going we're gonna to call value. They, they, talk, they call it like self-esteem. And self-esteem is... It's not a bad word, but we can kind of quickly go, eh, we've got to be careful with self-esteem because if the self is all capitalized, then it all becomes about me, right? However, 
do you want your kids to have confidence that they have value? Absolutely. Does God want you to have confidence that you have value? Absolutely. Does God want you to be arrogant? Absolutely not. Right? Like, there's, there is a place for understanding your value because when you know your value, you will walk out your value. And when you know your value, you will share the value that's already in you. God has created us, it says in Scripture, in His image. It says this in Genesis 1, 26. In His image, He's made us. He has put some of the best parts, not the God parts of omniscient. Some of us think we're omniscient. You're not. Omnipresence. Some moms are. Um, but we, we, we're not all the omni-God kind of powers. However, His character and His goodness and, and His nature, He made us with that image. Now, there's a brokenness that he is, he is because of sin that He wants to fix in us and He wants to transform. But the, the reality is you can't get around the fact that you've been created in His image. Broken or not, His image has been stamped inside, on you and in you. And He has made you valuable. And the thing is, is no one can steal the fact that you are valuable. It's intrinsic, meaning that it's already inside of there. Whether you can see it, whether others can see it, you are made in the image of God. Everyone on the planet is made in the image of God. The value is already in there. And I think of intrinsic value kind of like brand, right? If you go and you buy something that's your favorite brand, you know, there's a, there's a whole swath of things of like how valuable they are and in, in your own eyes, like I really like this one and I really don't like, but the whole brand has a value in its own, right? And you have this brand just being made in the image of God that is far and above any concept that we would even have. Like the value is so great. It really... In our terms, your value is infinite. Your life has infinite value. And your life has an eternal aspect to it, an eternal value. And that's why our decision to serve Jesus is so important because we want to serve and be close to Him in all eternity. We do not want to be apart from Him. We do not want to be in hell. We do not want to be separated from God. We want to be with God. He just won't make us. But the value that you have is forever. When we consider value, the value that God places on us, we need to remember a few things. Jesus saw you as so valuable that He was willing to obey the Father and go to a cross for you. You were worth Him giving up His life says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for all sinners. He died for all of us. And so their value is already there. You were worth it for him to go to the cross. And that's why it's so important for us to respond to what he's done on the cross. Jesus mentions that he, I already, I already talked about this, that um, God puts His Holy Spirit in us. When we receive God into our lives, He puts His Holy Spirit in us, makes us part of His family in Romans eight fifteen through 17. That speaks of your value. And I love 1 Peter 2, 9, where it talks about who God has made you when it comes to 
as believers and you have kind of you've come into the light, if you will, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It says in First Peter two nine, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Those descriptions, and we've done an entire like series around some of those descriptions about who God has made you, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. If it's not getting through, you've got to like, open up your heart some, right? And let, it, let the word of God seep in because you have value. You have importance. Like You already are valuable. You don't have to attain it. It's already in there. Because where does that value come from? It comes from God. And it's not to pump up your self-esteem so that you can cover your insecurities and just, I am valuable, I am valuable. No, it's so that you can rest in God and know the value that he has for you, the place that he's put you in his kingdom. We don't need to fight for the value. We don't need to contend it for it. We don't need to prove it. It's already proven. We need to be settled in it. I'm telling you, when you know you are valuable. You don't have to prove it. Then you just get the share from it. And that leads to the next part. The value that we have to bring to others. Because you see, there's value in you, and there's this value that you get to share. And the reality, and I've, I've, uh, Jeremy preached a few weeks ago this for, uh, message called God's Craftsmanship. I just love this verse in Ephesians 2, verse 10. Isn't Scripture good? Ephesians 2, 10 says this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I want to go in reverse. God has works that he's already prepared for you. Things that he already has for you to do. And what's great is your assignment is not someone else's assignment. He has work carved out for you. You don't have to fight for that. God has work for you. Amen? But the thing is, those things he is prepared, he's also prepared you for. You are his handiwork. He's prepared you for this season of life that you're in. He's using what you've experienced to set you up for what, what's next. Like, you are prepared. You are his handiwork. He made you in his image. The thing is, is we need to get this revelation that we are valuable and have value to, to add. But not in a way that just gets us focused on ourselves, but that when we look at one another, I look at you and you and you and you and you and realize you are his handiwork. And he has works in, prepared for you to do. And when we see each other that way, we're able to encourage one another and pure, pour fuel, if you will, on, on the gifts and the callings and the things that God has for you to do. That's why we could be so excited for Rebecca. Because we've, you know, she's been part of our family for 15 more or more years now. And we see it, those of us who are really close to her, we see it as this is God's setup and we're so excited for her. But the value is already there. And here's the thing, you, you, we got to cheer each other on in it. Just cheer each other on in it. 
You don't have to worry about your place in the kingdom. You don't have to worry about your value. You don't have to worry about whether or not there's good works for you to do. He's prepared them in advance. Just seek him. He's already provided them. And when you're doing the good works, I just want to give you a caveat there. Don't fool yourself into thinking that it's the good works that make you valuable. You do something that God has prepared in advance for you to do and you do it and you go, see, I am valuable. No, 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 no. You didn't need to prove it. It was already true. Because if you get all your value from the accomplishment, you're headed for a wall and it's going to hurt. But if you already know that the value is in there because of who created you and who made you, you can be settled in it and you can go and produce a lot of fruit. Would you stand with me this morning? I, I want to pray for you today. I, I feel like we need to be so thankful today for the safety that we enjoy. Amen? We need to be so thankful for the provision that we enjoy. Amen? And not let worry come and creep in. And if you have a need, you have a provision that you need right now in your life, I want to encourage you from Scripture, do not worry. Just seek after Him. He's got the answer and He's got the provision for you. Amen? You need to know today that you already are loved. There's nothing you have to do to prove that you're lovable. You already are loved. Everlasting love. Amen? But that comes with a responsibility to love some other people and to love them well. And man, there's so much value in you, so much value in you, so much that you already have to give. Some of, some of us need that encouragement today. We need to remember the value's already in there. I don't need to go do something to get value. It's already in there. I just need to be rest in the value that's in there and let God bring it out and use my gifts for his kingdom and his glory. And I want to tell you today, if you're listening to this message and you're hearing it and it's making you hungry for God, and you're going, you know what? I've been interested in God. I want to know God, but I haven't been walking with him or he's not in my life. I just want to tell you that today, September 12, 2021, can be the day that you say, Jesus, come into my life. I need your, your Holy Spirit in my life. I need to ask you to forgive my sins. I want to put my life into your hands. I want to tell you that he is ready for you today. You don't have to do anything else other than cry out to him today and turn your life over to him. Just say, God, take my whole life in your hands. I want to put my whole life, that's all it is, it's just all of you into his hands and he will save you. And he will transform your life. And I just want to tell you, he loves you so much. And he is sitting on ready, as we say in Goochland. He is sitting on ready to come into your life. And if you're on the fence today and you're just saying, I know I need him, but just like if you're like writing a paper, strike the butt. Just <laughs> pardon the pun. And just invite him in. Don't wait. Today is the day of salvation. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We honor you today. We say, God, you're so good. And this morning, we recognize you are our provider and you are our provision. Come. We invite you into our lives more and more and more. Lord, may we be thankful for the little things. So we go home today. We close our doors and we feel safe. May we be thankful. 
We pull food out of the cupboard today. May we be thankful. We receive an encouragement from someone or encouragement from your word. May we be thankful today. May we be thankful. And God, in any of these areas where folks are struggling, maybe worry has come in. And even now, the temptation, God, for them is to condemn themselves and to beat themselves up. Father, may those thoughts cease in the name of Jesus and may we receive the grace and the kindness and the peace and the, 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 the revelation. May the revelation be like fresh air in our lives, Lord Jesus. And may we move forward with great thankfulness. God, we thank you for the value that's in our brothers and sisters around us and the value that is in us. We confess with our lips today, God, that we are made in your image, that we don't deserve the goodness, but you are you've, you've put the goodness in us. And we we thank you, God, for the, the value that's already in there, that there's nothing to prove, there's nothing to show. God, the value is already in there, and we rest in that today. And Lord, may that value produce great fruit for your kingdom and for your glory. Father, may we not hold back. May there not be anything, God, that is a stumbling block, whether it's a, an insecurity or in our own heart or mind, or Father, whether it's an excuse that we've allowed to fester, Lord God. May the value that you've put in us come out, And may we give you the praise for the fruitfulness that comes from that. But Lord, we're settled that you are our provider and you are our provision. We give you all the glory and honor. Thank you, God, for being so good. We love and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.